0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Software Should Be Free with Tim Abel and David Sheardown. And today we're going to talk about Shape Up from Basecamp um, which is a really interesting approach to managing software projects. Um, you're probably familiar with Agile and Scrum and Kanban and that kind of thing. Um, so Basecamp have basically been ignoring all of that and doing their own thing and they recently published their own process. So I'm going to talk through what I've learned about it and how I think it fits in. And my good friend David is going to ask me questions about what I've missed. So I will <laughs> I will start with a bit about the the picture uh, in, in the world of software. So we have waterfall, which is the engineering project way of doing things that nobody likes anymore. We have agile, which is a dictionary term, meaning like you can move quickly and change direction. Um, Which has taken on a particular meaning in consulting. We have Scrum, which is a very specific way of being agile with stand ups and planning and retrospectives on a sprint cycle. Uh, And we have Kanban, which is a flow based thing that comes out of Toyota Manufacturing. And the new thing is Shape Up. So, uh, Basecamp is a software consultancy. DHH, who uh, David Heinemeier Hansson, who uh, is a co-founder of that, um, is the creator of Ruby on Rails. So he's very famous in the software world, um, and they're a bit of a thought leader in software. They created Basecamp, which is project management for software teams. Uh, the other person involved in this, um, who published this, is Jason Fried, who is the other co-founder, as I understand it. So the the primary premise of this, I. I thought that shape up kind of meant, um, get into shape, <laughs> like stop doing, th- stop doing things wrong. That was my initial impression of the, the title. Like you're all doing it wrong, That you should shape up. Um, but it's not that at all actually. Um, the, the name comes from their process of refining an idea through to something that's ready to work on. And they call that process shaping. Uh, so, uh, I'll just summarize the, the steps. Um, So they do shaping, and then they pitch the idea um, to try and get it worked on. Uh, And then they take bets on what they would actually like to work on. Um, And then that goes into six-week cycles. Um, With that, you have to bear in mind that they're a product company, so they're not not a digital agency that's got a client deadline. They're looking at long-term value on their product. Um, And they have gaps between these six-week cycles. So these cycles are effectively even longer, where they cool down and think about the next thing and work on technical debt that's built up and that kind of thing. Uh, And... uh, Mm. That that, that does
1: sound interesting, though. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, do you have any questions off the back of...
1: No, no. Yeah. well, uh, apart from the fact that it's new to me, actually, I had the same thing. I think I've heard that. Uh, maybe you've seen it on Twitter about Shape Up. Yeah. You know, I was thinking from a fitness perspective, so I was totally right, yeah. off the mark. So, uh, but no, no. carry on. No, it's, uh, it sounds good. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think you're not alone. I did a, I did a quick poll of my team here, um, and not one single hand um, went up when I asked who had read it or heard of it. Um so I right. think it's quite right. quite a good subject to cover. so uh I will go a bit deeper into what it means to shape uh, um, an idea in in their terms. so shaping happens while other people are building things, so that they might be it, it's not there's not a time when you do shaping. shaping is a constant process where if you have an idea, then you would work on shaping it. It's not tied to the cycles the six week cycles and um, uh, anyone can do this. Um, The person who has the idea, they would take input from everybody, Um, they use a Google Documents system to collate all of this information into uh, something coherent. Um, They use just the right level of fidelity to um, get the idea across, Um, but nothing more so they would use wireframes or sketches or they they really promote the idea of just writing some words not going any higher fidelity than that and by fidelity i mean the the spectrum between just a few words up to a full photoshop or an actual working product um Mm -hmm. they like to get the idea to the point where they've solved the problem or at least made it so that if you if you pick this up it would be the solution to a problem. um, They try and make sure that any risks have been addressed in the pitch in this uh, document that they're creating um, and that any potential rabbit holes that could say, divert the engineering team for six months have been mentioned. They might say, we're not going to cover this because we think this is a possible rabbit hole. So this is not part of the scope. They'll put it in front of the tech folk to um, get their input and see if there's anything else they hadn't thought of. Um, Then they go through a process of refining um, where they narrow down uh, what it is they're looking at doing. They try and go deeper. So they try and get beneath what say the customer asked for and understand like why they wanted it and maybe come up with a smaller solution that maybe is a, a better answer that solves the person's problem. Um, and I, I think from what I've heard, you can see that in the Basecamp product. that they, They've got kind of like light, a lightweight product that just solves the problem and doesn't do anything extra. Mm-hmm. Um, the This document that they're creating, it has to be bounded to be finished. So it specifies what they're going to do, but also what they're not going to do. It also has to specify what their appetite of spending time is. So you have to say on this document, we're willing to bet two weeks on this, or we're willing to bet six weeks on this. So that gives it a context in terms of value versus money of the thing that you're trying to do, which is really interesting. Um, they also specify the bounds of design to prevent over-engineering. So yeah, um, I'd have to go and read a bit more. It's a little while since I read this, so I had to read a little bit more on what exactly they meant by that. Um, but it's all up on the internet. Oh, I should mention, uh, you can read this at basecamp.com slash shapeup. Uh, ah, okay it's all up there in public and this is where i got this from
1: um i think so I the, just to, yep. mm. oh no no i was just going to ask a quick question there it obviously dave um you know there's there's obviously a lot of talk about agile is dead you know and <laughs> things like that you know grand statements which are mm-hmm. good for link bait but is it just uh obviously they've gone through this process they've got a good history you know they've obviously you know had plenty of sort of like years of building products and such Uh, but is there is there to your knowledge at the moment is there anybody else using their methodology apart from them um
0: i don't think so i think they released this really not very long ago Um, right right and my view on this is i think like everybody should pay attention and take the bits that work for them. And maybe we'll see shape-up consultancies show up and teach people how to do it, just like we've seen Scrum and Agile mm, consultancies mm. show up. I think there's um, it's a, a good fit for certain kinds of teams and products, <clears throat> um, there's probably some training opportunities to be had there, um, but I think it's really early days. Um, but definitely, definitely something to learn from. Uh, <clears throat> should I carry on with the, the shaping up bit?
1: Yeah, 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 please, cool. yeah, sorry,
0: yeah. Uh, so in terms of who does the shaping up and where and how they do it, um, they talked about interaction design being part of it. They talked about the people doing it being technically literate. Um, it's a strategic thing. So they're trying to um, do strategic direction of the product. They they might not involve anyone else initially. So it might be a closed door thing. So they might uh, do as I'm doing now and go and shut a door in a meeting room and just sketch things out. They mentioned the idea that the early ideas could be really fragile um, and you need to flesh them out a little bit more before you talk to other people um, but that's not to so say they don't as I mentioned earlier they do put the ideas in front of everybody so that there aren't surprises when they come to work on it they really? might do it just invi- individually or they might pull in a trusted collaborator well I mean they're all trusted in that company but they might pull in a particular co- collaborator to work on it um, it's really important that the it's a really fast and rough Process getting this initial idea down. They don't, they don't like make it a heavyweight process, um, and then they'll refine it before they share it more broadly. Um, as I mentioned, it's not it's not scheduled in their cycle of time. It's just whenever inspiration spi- strikes, they'll go off and do it. Um, mm. They have this concept of breadboards, um, and they're talking about electronic breadboards. So. They talk about maybe something that functions but doesn't have design aesthetics, um, doesn't maybe meet a bunch of criteria that the real product would would require. Um, they use that term quite a lot in the document. <clears throat> um, they, they talk about words, not pictures is quite a, a strong thing for them. So when they're like sketching out a, like a flow of how some screens might work together, they might literally just write login. on a a, in a box um that would represent yeah
1: people know that yeah 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 Yeah. um so really keeping it
0: as low fidelity as they can to get the message across Um, and they've got Mm -hmm. a specific thing that they outline so they go in quite quite a lot of detail of their specific process um so they they have this idea about how you write a word and then some more words underneath for uh what is on that page for example or how it behaves and then drawing arrows from one box of words to another box of words to indicate the flow of things. Um, no, nothing too surprising but just like a nice lightweight approach. Um, they mentioned fat marker sketches which again is like when they're sketching out designs to prevent getting too refined so they use a literally a big fat marker pen.
1: Um,
0: again trying to get right. that lightweight fidelity. Um, and one of the sort of key things is the output of this is the elements of it. So the, the, um, the pieces of the product, bearing in mind that it's a SaaS software product that they produce. So like the particular interaction screens that would be part of the resultant improvement, those yeah. elements are a key part of the output of this shaping up process. Um, they make sure they leave the room room in the design for the designers to do their good work, so they they try and avoid so sort of preemptively designing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important that they can walk away from it. They can they can get halfway through and go, do you know what, this isn't this isn't turning into something that we actually are that keen on in anymore. It may never even get presented to anyone else. They might just can it. Um, but they can they can throw these things yes. away at any point um, but if they're happy with it then they will turn it into what they call a pitch um, and i can get on to the pitching bit next um, but do you have any questions before we plow
1: on no 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 that's like, i like the fact that you know i think with all of the tools that are out there to create all these crazy sort of processes but they're you know it's, it's almost like back to basics with this isn't it yeah it, it really is you know like you said there, they just write login people know what that does yes there's yeah. some technicalities behind it but you know I, I like that sort of like back to the base template there literally so yeah yeah brilliant, they brilliant. haven't
0: they haven't got caught up in any of the hype and process ideas mm-hmm. that everybody else has come up with and is trying to apply regardless of fit they just i think they've probably paid attention to this stuff but just gone their own way cool right i shall move yeah, on yeah, exactly. so the next stage in the process yeah. is a pitch. So they. Um one of the things that I liked is that it's up to everybody to um, keep their own list of things that they think should happen. That includes sales, support, marketing, engineering, uh, security people, ops people. Um, they're one of the companies that promote no backlog. Uh, and I, I've never really understood that because I was like, well, mm. what if there was something important, mm. where, you where, just did, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> but the answer is the person who thinks it's important maintains their own private backlog. So you don't have this centralized grab bag. So people take their private ideas, create a pitch, and then they have this process called the betting table where everybody gets together and says, I think this is the thing that we want to do. And they, they have um, like a head of engineering and a head of finance and head of product or something. Like that. I forget the exact structure, but those are the people that get to decide so it's still, it's still like senior management in the company that get to decide what happens and what doesn't. Um, but they'll look at all of these pitches and decide what's the best thing for the company. So they're looking at product design, they're looking at cost, they're looking at resourcing. Yeah, um, yeah. So they come to the betting table. They look at what's in there. They look at the appetite, as they call it, for each pitch. So whether it's what they call a small batch, which is a two-week piece of work, or a big batch, which is a six-week piece of work. So that would fill up their entire cycle. Um, yep. If it's bigger, then it has to be broken down. Yep. Um, a key thing is it's a fixed time variable scope. So you get the two weeks and or the six weeks. If it's not done by then, then the default is to cease because they've, they've learned that if they don't have that, projects like, uh, oh, well, it's nearly finished. We'll just throw another week on. It's a nearly finished. We'll just throw another month on. And they just run away. Mm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we spent three months and then we canned it. So yeah. the default is back to the betting table. Try again. Um, right. Which I think is quite a good way of managing risk, um, and that's why they, they call them bets. We bet on this being a good improvement, but they're not absolutely t- even at this actually, point. Actually, that's not,
1: a good so t- point. Actually, isn't it? It's like it, it is like literally betting. You you see what hand you've got, and uh, how much am I going to sort of prepare to lose at this or, or, or gain by? Exactly. It? So yeah, that's perfect.
0: Hmm. Ah, I do have the list of people. So involved in the, <coughs> the people that make the decision on the bets are the CEO, the CTO, a senior programmer and a project strategist. So these are the decision makers. Excellent, I did Right. right. Um, cool. And then, once they've decided what bets they're going to take, so it could be one big batch bet, which is six weeks, or three small batch bets, I guess, <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. Then the, then the six-week cycle starts. They spend their six weeks working on the product, and then at the end of that, they call them into that, and they go into their um, gap between cycles, um, which is a great way of being able to, like go hell for leather on a product feature, but then still pay down technical debt, still sort out systems that need to be worked on, and deal with the other things that come up. Right, um, right. And one of the other concepts that they have in there is the idea of work as a hill. They've built this into Basecamp as an estimating thing. That they they think that like a, a you know a Gantt chart or a percentage is silly. Um, and it feels like it's more of a hill. Like as you come up the hill, you, don't, you can't see what's on the other side and you, you build a new build and you go up the hill. And then as you get to the top, you can see the rest of the hill and it's all downhill from there. I, I quite like that. Um, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly how that works into their process, but I, I think in terms of knowing whether they're going to hit their six week and whether to improve or reduce fidelity of the actual end thing, I think that's how they, use, they manage that. And they obviously promote this as a method as well which goes in in hand-in-hand with their Basecamp product. Um, And then once they finish finished that, um, they then move on. They get feedback, which then becomes new bets that get shaped up. It doesn't automatically get a follow-up priority. So just because they've worked on something and it wasn't perfect, doesn't mean it comes to the table with any kind of greater weight. They still shape it up with everything else and then comes to the betting table, which is great. Um, and they have a, a cool-down time, which I think is, is the gap, which stops like a knee-jerk reaction to something that's happened. Um,
1: right, so that, right. that
0: summarizes the process. We've got, we're running a bit short of time. So let me just plow straight into some notes I made on, on what that means, um, because really you're going to be looking at, do I want to run a team as a scrum team, a Kanban team, or a shape-up team, <coughs> or some blend? Um, so... Ooh. The shape-up process, it has no backlog. Uh, like I mentioned, everyone keeps their own to-dos and brings a pitch. This means you don't lose time to repeatedly grooming a backlog of things that maybe don't matter that much, but unimportant. Hmm. But important things don't get forgotten because people will make sure they bring their top priorities. Um, and people can bring those top things. So like the support team might have a real pain for their users, they can bring like just the top two things and go, look, this is really important. Whereas if it was on a backlog, product manager might, might spend all morning reviewing a backlog and pick a few tech debt items and never touch it. Yep, yep. Um, they default to no. They they have a nice way of saying that, which is, that's interesting. Maybe we'll do that some way. Um, so they avoid judging too early. So they don't kill things immediately if they're not sure. Um, mm. they, they still give it credit for potentially being a good idea. Uh, but something really has to earn its way into being built. Um, the some of the reasons behind why I think they're going this way at uh, risk management. So they, they never overrun because if it hits six weeks, that's it, it is dead. Um, and then yep. it has to come back to the table. Um, the efficiency of the whole thing. They don't, they don't spin their wheels on un- badly defined work where they discover what it really meant later. Um, I think this is really good for product companies. Um, I think you couldn't just take this wholesale and put it into other organizations. Um, and I think, a lot of teams would find six weeks, um, plus the cooldown, far too long to iterate, um, but you could still take concepts from this. Um, uh, it's, it's really nice that they've written up their whole process um, mm. for everybody mm. to learn from. Um, and even though you can't necessarily take this and apply it exactly to your own thing or your own team, I think it's well worth actually taking the time to read this. It's probably a two or three hour read. Um so yeah, that's everything that I had written down about this wonderful piece of sharing from Basecamp. So we have about two minutes. Is there anything that you'd like to dig into?
1: No, I I, I think it, it sounds really good. And I think um all I was going to say is that it's it's like everything with, like you said, the waterfall approach. We used that for countless years and then it was, you know, Agile Scrum. And I think like everything, um, just as humans, I think we tend to try to just keep throwing things at it, you know. And I remember being at a big, you know, organisation, it was all, you know, we had these cards and we'd do these things. And and to be honest, it's, uh, and I think that's why it's almost like fatigue, isn't it? It's like Agile fatigue is that, you know, there's, there's maybe too much around, you know the hype of it, or the
0: you and know the
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I think the I, I've always liked Thirty Seven uh, Signals and those guys, anyway. Um, but I think uh, I think their approach, and like I say, they they're not afraid just to stand out and uh, and say, look, yeah, we don't like that. You know, um, we're we'll going with this. So I think that that clear back to basics approach, because how much do you really need? Probably not a great deal. Uh, and that that sounds yeah it, it, it's a, a bit of a breath of fresh air like you say it might not work for every organization there might be parts of it mm-hmm. but i think it's definitely got a you know a cleaner feel that i, I i'm definitely going to read up about it because i as i Great. say i heard the term heard the word now i know where to look <laughs>
0: cool well i'll wrap it up there and say to anyone listening I, I hope you found that really useful um if you know anyone who you think we benefit from a bit more of a, uh, an idea about what Basecamp have been up to please do share this episode with them um, and please do follow us on Twitter or sign up to the mailing list or something but just do get in touch let us know that you found that useful and we will see you next time thanks David thank you thank you Tim and we'll see you next time